So our sermon series has been through the book of 1 John. And 1 John's a small book in the Bible. Um, but today we're taking a little detour. We're going to move, or actually we're going to flush out what we talked about last week, how the world and its desires are passing away, but the man who does the will of God will abide forever, live forever. And that truth gives us hope because what has happened is COVID-19 shows us how fragile we are. Right? One little virus paralyzing a country, stopping the globe, no on-campus school for a little while, jobs are on the brink again. So what does God have for us in this? And this is what I want us to see. I want us to see that our hope is anchored in Christ. And when our hope is anchored in Christ, nothing can move us. From that hope. And so today the message will be about how our hope is found in God. And one thing that, uh, that I learned working at Holmes High School, we'd have a student come in and say, Hey, I've lost my MacBook. Lost my computer. I can't find it. I need help finding it. And what we could do is we could go to our tech guy. And our tech guy can ping their computer. And it's interesting, you know, the student comes on. They never ever lose a computer as somebody's already stolen it. Right? Never lost a thing, never misplaced it, somebody stole it. So they'd come and we'd go and we'd find it. And sure enough, the tech guy would say, hey, uh, have you checked 2312, room 2312? And the student would look, oh, whose room is that? They'd find the teacher's name. Oh, yeah, I have that teacher first period. And our tech guy would say, well, your computer's in there. So we'd go and we'd find it. Sure enough, that is exactly where their computer was. What we're doing today is something like that. We're going to ping out a signal, and we're going to see where our hope is. Who is our hope found in? What have you placed your hope in today? And what we have found out is that if our hope is tied to a job, it's very fragile. If our hope is tied to our health, it's a scary time. But if our hope is tied to God, we will never be a people without hope. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dig into multiple passages and let us encourage one another to find our hope in God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you open up our eyes. Um, and Father, this is strange. This is a strange time. Um, we're, we're listening to your word in so many different circumstances. As a matter of fact, it's probably hard right now for many of us to focus on just praying. Maybe there's many children around. Maybe the TV's blaring. There's so much noise right now that it's hard to focus. So, Lord, I pray that you send your spirit, drive your word into our hearts. Please move because we are in desperate need of you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, number one, Romans 15, verse 4, this is what we read. For whatever was written in former days was written for your instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And this is what was written, This talking about the Bible. So what the Bible does was written for our instruction. And then I love this. I love this. What does it do? It helps us endure, which is something we need desperately to do right now. This is a time where many people are weary. We are tired. And yet what we find is the Word helps us endure. But then not only that, it encourages us 
to find hope as we hold out the word. And so one of the things, Redemption Church, that I'm challenging you to do to finishing out this year, I want us to do, I want us to encourage people to find their hope in God. And this is exactly how we do that. Through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. So that's what we're going to do today, but do not let it end with you. Tell somebody about the hope that you have in Christ. And so let's walk through the word real quick in regards to the topic of hope. Psalm 25, verse 5. It's interesting, there was a group that had a song based off of this scripture in Psalm chapter 25. And the title of the song is, My Hope is in You. And this is the verse that inspired that song. It says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Is that true of you? Is your hope found in God all day? That's what the psalmist is saying. And then we move on to Psalm 31, verse 24. Psalm 31, 24 encourages us to be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Your strength will not be based on what you do, what you have accomplished. Your strength will be based on your God. And if your hope is in Christ, you can be strong, you can take heart, even among the chaos around us. And then I love this passage in Psalm 42. The psalmist is struggling. Emotionally, he is fragile. His soul is aching. And it's interesting, he has a conversation with himself. And he repeats this passage three times. I want you to hear it. I think this might summarize a lot of us. This might put into writing what our hearts and what our souls are feeling right now. So hear from him. It says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He's on the brink of despair. His life's falling apart. He doesn't have any hope. But listen to his prescription. His soul is downcast. He's so disturbed. What does he say he'll do? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. That's a beautiful reminder. Our hope's not in a vaccine. It's not in things getting back to normal. How do you heal a downcast soul, a person who is in despair? You focus them to put their trust in God. That's what I need. That's what you need. Then we... Keep reading. Psalm 62, verse 5. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. I don't know about you, but I feel like this is an anxious moment. Students are being tossed to and fro. Am I going to school today? Am I on campus? Am I at home? Is my internet going to have a connection? Am I going to have food in the pantry? It's a crazy time. This is where we find rest. This is where we find hope. Psalm 71, verse 5, For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. So if you're taking notes, write down Psalm 71, verse 5, For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. I, I love this because this guy is writing and what he has said is, I have found God to be faithful when I was young and now that I'm old, he has been faithful. 
from day to day, from year to year, my God is faithful. That's why God is my confidence. That's what we realize when we go through trials. God's always bigger than the trial we walk through. And so our confidence is in God. Therefore, our hope is in God. And then we have a passage that many of us have heard, even if it is through a movie. I was talking to a guy and he thought that this verse came from, remember the Titans? It actually comes from the Bible, which is awesome. Isaiah 40, verse 30. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. You might be there this morning. You're tired. You're frustrated. Passage keeps going. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You might need to pray that for yourself right now. Pray that for your church right now. May God renew the strength of our hands. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be faint. They will walk and not grow weary. Love that passage. What a beautiful picture that that paints for those who hope in God. And then all throughout the Bible, we see that we've never been a people without hope. Never been a people without hope. You have Abraham and Sarah. Now, God had promised them a son. Now, strange times, Sarah was 90 and Abraham was 100. And that sounds like a hopeless situation. Will God keep His word? Will God keep His promises? That's what Abraham and Sarah are wondering. And I think it's interesting. They, they describe Abraham as good as dead. Now, I don't know how you describe some of the older people you may have in your life, but if you say he's as good as dead, there's not much hope there. And yet we see that Abraham and Sarah were not a people without hope. And God keeps his promises. Then we see Joseph. Joseph sold into slavery by his brothers. He goes to work for this guy. He's falsely accused. He's sent to prison. He's falsely accused in prison for two years. That is a hopeless situation. And yet we see that Joseph was not a man without hope. He says what you meant for evil, God meant for good, that many people may be kept alive. That's a hopeless situation Joseph found himself in, and yet he found hope in his God. Then you have Moses. Moses goes to a people in bondage, enslaved in Egypt, and he says, let my people go. And as they go, they get trapped. They're stuck with a body of water called the Red Sea and the Egyptian army chasing them. And you hear the people losing hope. They call out to Moses, was it that there weren't any graves in Egypt? You brought us out here to die. And Moses looks to God. And I love how God responds, why, why are you calling out to me? Walk forward. You see, what seemed hopeless was nothing for the God of hope. And he splits the Red Sea and God's people walk on dry land. Why? Because God's people are never a people without hope. Then we see Gideon. Gideon goes into battle with 300 men, facing an army of over 120,000 men. And yet, he was not a man with an army without hope. Why? Because military might doesn't give someone hope. God does. You have Samson. Samson thought his hope was in his strength. And he thought he could do it without God. And then he was humbled. He was captured. He was arrested. And yet, 
with his last breath, he found hope in God. You have David. Many of us know the story of David and Goliath. When everybody else was looking at the champion of the Philistine, David found hope in God and found victory. But that wasn't the biggest giant David had to fight. David fell, committed adultery, committed murder. And you can see the despair in his writing. And yet even there, he was not a man without hope. He found forgiveness and restoration in his God. God's people are never a people without hope. Then you have the story of Esther. Esther's people are being plotted against to be put to death. And Esther, Esther risks her life to go before the king. And she says, this is why God's brought me here. Because Esther was a woman that had hope. Even in a hopeless situation. We have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys have heard this where you have three young men that are are serving God faithfully, not doing what the king said and bowing down to this golden image that he created. And then he cranks up the oven and says, you will bow down. And yet even there, with their lives on the line, facing an oven, and I don't know about you, I don't want to go out that way. But even there, they were not a people without hope. And this is what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image. Those are three young men in captivity, facing death, but not without hope. Then you have the story of Daniel. Daniel's an older man at this time. And the king ruled that you are not going to bow down and pray. And Daniel was stuck in his ways. He said, I am going to pray. And they had some spies find out. And the sentence for praying to anyone other than the king was to be thrown to the lions. And as they're marching Daniel off, getting ready to throw him into this pit of lions, even there, he was not a man without hope. And we read in Daniel, when he was taken out of the den, they found no harm was done to him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. Daniel's hope wasn't in his safety or his security or his comfort. His hope was in the God he walked with. We see in Lamentations, this is a lament to God because what has happened to God's people, they were taken into captivity. And yet even there, they were not a people without hope. This is a familiar passage. This is one we need to get into our mind and into our hearts. It says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. So what gives this rioter hope? This is what it is. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in Him. No matter what is happening, if your portion is God, you will have hope. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. And then we get to the New Testament. We see that the leper finds hope in God. We see that the blind find hope in Jesus. We see that the man who was paralyzed and brought before Jesus on a mat by his friends finds hope in Jesus. Lazarus, 
who is dead and buried, and his family find hope when Jesus shows up. Peter, as he's sinking in the water, looks to Jesus and finds hope in Christ. The disciples on a boat in a storm wake Jesus up because they know in him they have hope. The woman with a disabling spirit for 18 years. We've been going on and off quarantine. This thing showed up uh, in the United States around March. We're getting on to about nine months. This woman, for 19 years, had this disabling spirit that made her bent over, broke her back. And yet she was not a woman without hope. She finds Jesus, and immediately Jesus touches her, and she is made well because she is not a woman without hope when Jesus is on the scene. The woman at the well... Husband after husband, hopeless situation after hopeless situation, finds hope when she meets Christ. And then we have this story in the book of John. There's this man at this pool, and I want to read this to you. It's John chapter 5, verse 2 and following. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. In Aramaic is called Bethesda, which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One man who had been an invalid for 38 years was there. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, said to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Listen to his response. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Do you hear the hopelessness in his voice? 38 years, he can't make it to the pool. There is no hope of healing for this man until Jesus shows up. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once he was healed, he took up his bed and walked. 38 years, thought he had hope in getting to a pool, found out that his hope was in Christ. Jesus is crucified dead and buried, and for a few days people thought they had no hope. The disciples are hiding, the ladies are weeping, they go to a tomb, but Jesus is not there. Jesus defeats the grave, conquers death, ascends to the Father, and will one day return. Everyone who places their hope in Christ will never be disappointed. And their hope will be realized. Jesus has, is, and will always keep His promises. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is something I want us to pray for one another. This is something I want us to pray for one another. It's Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, that's who we worship, the God of hope. That's who we read about, the God of hope. This is what I want us to pray, that He may fill us with joy and peace during this time specifically. When there is chaos abounding, when the future is uncertain, may we abound with peace and joy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit abounding in us, giving us hope. Dude Perfect, it's a, a group of guys that do these trick shots. And they have this segment on the show, it's called I Betcha. 
And the situation was brought up where the guy goes, you know what, I'll tell you what, here's the deal. I've got a hammer in this vice grip, and this vice grip's this metal, and they put, the, put a diamond on this grip. And they said, I'll take a hammer and I'll smash this diamond. And they interviewed the five guys, and they had to make an agreement. Who thought the diamond would shatter? Who thought it would remain intact? Three of the guys thought it would shatter. Two guys thought it wouldn't budge. What do you think? If you took a hammer and put a diamond between two pieces of metal and hit that diamond with the hammer, do you think the diamond cracks? I thought it would. It was a 1.2 carat diamond. And they put it on this vise. And the guy goes, wham! And they look at it. The diamond was not bothered. As a matter of fact, it put a hole, a little divot in the vise. And so the next guy grabs the hammer from it. No way! Hits the diamond. They couldn't touch it. Wouldn't shatter. Wouldn't break. Wouldn't crack. This is what happens if people put their hope in Jesus. No matter what the world hammers down, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's sickness, whether it's a loss of job, whether it's broken relationships, whether it's death, your hope can't be touched. It'll be unshakable because you know the God of hope. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever placed your hope and trust in Him? Maybe things are going on right now and you're saying, well, my hope can't be placed in this and my hope can't be placed in this. Today's a good day to call on Christ. And what you will find is hope. And then I just want to encourage, and this will be brief, I want to encourage our church to do three things. Because this is our hope rooted in Christ we walk by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of things we do not see. Because we have hope and our mind is with Christ, focused on eternity, we should walk differently, especially right now. And so there's three things, Redemption Church, I want us to do. As we walk by faith, walking faithfully with Christ, three things. Number one, be salt and light in the world. In 1918, there was a Spanish flu. Millions of people died. And yet church after church was faithful, risking their lives, meeting needs of people that were suffering and hurting. And we have a window. COVID-19 will not last forever. You have a moment to be faithful when a trial comes. We're not scared of the virus. We're not scared of the grave. We know the one who conquered death. So we want to act wisely. We're not opposed to wearing masks. We are opposed to being faithless. And so as we are salt and light in our neighborhoods, in our community, with our families, what does that look like for us? It might be leaving something on doorstep. When you go to the store, it might be buying two of something so you can deliver it to a neighbor. It might be reaching out to a family you're not sure about. It might be writing handwritten letters to someone to encourage them to find their hope in Christ. And listen, we have creative people. So many things that we could do. What we won't do is be faithless. We will be salt and light during this time. Secondly, I want us to live self-disciplined lives. And you're like, that's, that's kind of strange. What do you mean by self-discipline? This is what I mean. 
2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of fear. We don't walk in fear. We're not hiding from trouble. God didn't give us that. If, if we're fearful, it's not from God. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And one thing that I'm wondering with our people, I wonder if we're binging Netflix, playing video games at hours on time, sleeping in way too much, thinking, well, there's nothing else to do. God has given us a spirit of self-discipline. So how about this? Let's binge reading a book of the Bible. Let's be disciplined in keeping healthy habits, reaching out to people. We've got to stop putting off what we could do for the glory of God. Be disciplined in this time. And then thirdly, be ready. Be ready. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. Do people see the hope that you have in Christ right now? Because there's a lot of people who are hurting and without hope because they haven't found Christ as the anchor of their hope. So as people ask, hold out Jesus so that they may find their hope in Him. Be faithful. Redemption Church, be salt and light. Be self-disciplined. Now is the time. And then be ready. Find your hope in Christ. Let us walk faithfully. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, I pray that we find our hope in him. Everyone who comes into contact with Christ finds hope. And I pray that hope transforms how we walk. I pray we encourage and love one another. That we look out for the needs of others, not just ourselves. Help us reject passivity. Help us walk intentionally, meeting needs and loving others, being salt and light in our community. May our neighborhoods be different because our hope is found in you. May our city be changed because our hope is found in you. Jesus, you are our hope. It's in your name we pray. Amen.